Jesus. Uh, Average Peen says, hey guys, so I'm currently a captain in that RD2L league. I believe that's the Reddit Dota 2 league. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you know of it, comprised of players 2k to 6.5. Usually a team comp will have an Immortal, Divine to Ancient, Legend, and or Archon. Which position do you feel like I should prioritize in my draft with the higher MMR players? Pause 1 or pause 2? The question uh, is which roles do you feel... Uh, will Immortals have the most impact? And how do you maximize the lower MMRs to have the greatest impact with their MMR? Okay, I can tell you, actually. This is good. Yeah, uh, I, I have an question. idea as well. Oh, there's a second question. Okay, okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover that after. Uh, okay, I would say, I would say if, if, I'm, if I'm drafting for like lower MMR players, uh, I'm going to pick them shit where they like don't have to do a lot. You know, like really easy really ogre lich uh comfort is good too like if you can pick somebody something comfortable dazzle. lots but of with lots that, of low more players like dazzle as a support like, it is it is a risk though to pick somebody even some comfort because if somebody's low mmr and they're comfortable with something chances are they have some really shitty habits right with that thing anyway so it's not really going to be good so you want to pick stuff where basically they don't have to press too many things to have a high impact and uh, I would say probably probably prioritize mid over carry, uh, just yep, because I would agree. it's pretty. It's honestly pretty easy to have a. I've been carried by plenty of like divine carries, uh, but I've never had like a divine go mid against like some immortal top two hundred. Have a or good something. game, yeah. It's like not and possible. have a good game. They just get stomped in the game as the game is over. Like the problem is mid's a snowballing role. Carry's not really a snowballing role. It's like carry players are going to do well if like their support is good in lane and maybe a little bit if they're good and then hit creeps and then it's really easy to it's much easier to carry games with items as a as a carry like it's right. mid is this like skill based you get items if you're good carries like you just usually free farm if you're not an idiot right and uh, yeah then you have items and it's easy to carry and, and your mid does the exact same thing except with skill with levels and with uh they, i mean they snowball so yeah i mean the the thing about carry it's like we we've been talking about it a lot. What are your main jobs as a carry? Show up to the right fights. Like that's pretty straightforward. And and buy the correct items at the right time. And then as a mid, it's like, okay, do I get this CS? Did I bully this person enough? Do I have enough regen? Should I go top or bottom? Which power rune should I abuse? Okay, should I stack for myself now? Is this lane too difficult? Do I need to leave and gank another lane? And now that I'm ahead, how do I like which lane of the other teams should I dumpster? Like there's there's so many different things that I feel like the decision making tree is much more simple as a carry. So I would agree. I think that generally speaking, an immortal player is just gonna have better decision making across the board and so prioritize them as your mid than for your um lowest MMR player. I'd probably put them on position four, to be honest. I feel like five is more impactful in terms of the lane uh... stage. And an offlaner can kind of carry a bad four a lot of the time. No, I would, I would say, I wouldn't say that. I would, I would honestly say that. I would say that the two probably, probably the at least in my opinion, the easiest roles in order are, uh, probably five. Uh, in terms of like, basically, do they can get away with doing nothing? I would say it's probably five first, then offlane, then. Actually, probably maybe okay. It's like five carry offlane, four mid. I feel like fours right now, at least from 
Uh, yeah, what I've not, watched in like competitive. You're not considering that this is going to be a person who is potentially like 5,000 MMR lower than the highest person in the game. You don't want a 5,000 yeah. MMR lower player to be the carry. Like no fucking No, way. no, no, no. Uh, well, okay. No. That depends. Like no, if you no, can no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm saying you you also have a choice to put a high MMR player in a role, right? It's not just the negative. You have to look at the positive as well. It's you're also getting an immortal player as a four. I think an immortal player as a four will do more than a carry player uh, as an immortal player. Like I think if you have four immortal and then carry is is some low MMR player and then it, that that's going to be better than having your carry as a like I I really feel like it, some Earthshaker, Earth Spirit they're going to single-handedly like win fights and control the game as long as they have like one core to support that's immortal maybe. i really i really feel like and once again maybe this is just my experience from like divine pubs i've had so many divine carries carry me where they're just some like terror blade and all they do is they show up at like 40 minutes and, and just win the game based off of we just went one fight you know and it's like they press all their items and and shit and we made space for them the whole time like i really feel like four has has like uh kind of formulated itself as this like mid you're a mid but you're also a roamer you know what i mean like i feel like fours have to and offlane has become kind of fucking easy like yeah offlaners just run in and be tanky the, the offlaners don't even build blink anymore it's all like you never see blink legion unless it's idiots or blink axe like it's it's always pipe crimsons things like that vlads right. like offlane's actually quite easy it might be the easiest role right now over five like that's a that's an argument i'm totally willing to uh, to hear you know like but i i really feel like four and mid there's so much like rotate like the whole game is dictated by what you do from the get-go yeah that's true that's true I, Dota's, I just dota's really weird right now i would just definitely not want my lowest mmr player to be a carry and i i kind of wouldn't want them to be the five either but I, guess... I would i would prefer to have them five and just give them ogre and teach them what pulling is like yeah i suppose I feel like S5, you just teach them one thing and then say, hey, dude, bloodlust for the rest of the game and then stun people. Yeah. And then they're going to do that because that's easy. Um, but it depends on the hero. Like, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my, my a position 5 Phoenix who's, like, the 3K lower MMR player. I would right. not want that. Yeah. They're going to feed egg every time. They're going <laughs> to fuck up the lane. They're going to yeah. contribute nothing. But, like, it, dep it depends on the pick. It do That's something we have been ignoring. Is like, it really does depend on the pick. Like, yeah. if you're picking some offlane Dazzle or some offlane Ogre for like a 2k player and they're playing in a 5k game it's probably not gonna be that bad <laughs> right because those heroes you just stand there and like heal or be tanky or like they, they don't they're not they're not do shit heroes you know yeah so on that note before we move on um if you've bought an account and you don't want to drop a thousand mmr in the next two months pick ogre <laughs> and play position five you know what? I uh, I actually I had a guy that was I I thought was a bot account, and I was playing on a uh, divine or I was playing on like a, a low immortal account the other day, and I got into a divine game, and I saw that this guy was like he was like ranked two hundred when I was first playing with him, and I was like he's a bot account, and then I caught him in this divine game, and he's like ranked three thousand now, and still picking ogre and still feeding, and uh, he was actually using his mic in this one, like I'd never heard him speak, but he started using his mic after falling like 2000 MMR and it's just crazy to hear what an account buyer sounds like, you mm -hmm. know, it's like what calls they're making. You mean like what their communication uh, he was, was like, he was like asking questions from people. He was like, what do I do? Basically? Oh my It's like, God. all right, man, come Jesus, on. Dude. You know what I hate? You know what I hate? I hate when I get in games and somebody's like, what should I build? 
Right. Or like, what's the skill build? And it's like, dog, you picked the hero. You're supposed to be the expert. <laughs> like, right. you're the person that picked it. I don't fucking know. I'm an offlane player. I can't tell you how to build Morphling. Yeah. I can't tell you. Do I need a BKB this game on Morphling? I don't know. <laughs> I don't play Morphling. Like, yeah. I don't care if you're divine in a 7K game. You're still a carry player. You need to know. That's your job. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of okay. Like once you get to like the later stages of the game where you're trying to figure out like, wait, do we have a halberd? Should I get an AC or a halberd this game? You know, like that kind of thing where yeah. you're trying to like figure out what the actual utility is. When it's win. an actual close decision, right? And, and you and you like need help. You need help with it. But to ask some generic question like, right? What items do I like? What do, what, do I get a BKB this game? It's like, dude. <laughs> Or like what what build do I go or right. I, I don't know. It's just like that just makes me think like, man, you do not know how to play that hero if you're asking that question. That's the first you just need to use your eyes. You right. just use your eyes and you just look up on your internet browser, whether it's internet I mean that person probably uses Internet Fucking Explorer, to be quite frank. So they're probably looking at Internet Explorer, probably the six six version. They're not even on edge yet. Right. And oh, it's man. like the, web, just the website's not holes everywhere. Yeah, like... yeah. They have like viruses, <laughs> no ad block. They're just getting like pop-ups, like it's the early 2000s. And they're like, I can't look up builds. I just get all these porn pop-ups. <laughs> all right, dude. All right, dude. You're just a moron. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Second question. I was wondering if there is a way I can have a replay reviewed, but not do the whole monthly subscription on Patreon. Is there an option for me to just one single replay? How much would that be? I want to upgrade to that package, but just can't currently. It would feel bad upgrading one month and then going back to a lower subscription after just one month of it. Don't feel bad about that. If you, if, if you, okay, number one, if you want to, if you want to like subscribe to us for a month and drop out of it at all there for any no reason, hard feelings at all, <laughs> it is literally your choice. Like the whole point is that it's literally just you, if you like content and you like us and you want to donate some stuff to help us out, that's cool. But if you don't, or you can't, even if you just don't want to, that's literally your prerogative. Yep. Like I would hate to, to, to say that we're doing this for the Patreon money like it's always been like a tertiary i mean it's insane now we've so many patrons which i'm very grateful for by the way but the patreon thing was always like you know we have our ways of like we do casting we do other we do like other stuff so it's like we have our ways of of sustaining i mean if um, we if we didn't have patreon you and i would both have figured out a way to sustain ourselves maybe not in dota who knows but like yeah, it's it's yeah. not it's not we're like we're gonna make so much money with Patreon. It's like no, well we just want to do this and we need to make it worth our time. Yeah, like, don't don't out, like out of our life. <laughs> don't think we would ever like see that. I mean, I don't even look at that, but don't even, don't think that like we would not. You know, we would would be like any any offended by that or, or anything. Like I had to, I think it was Noodle was messaging messaging me the other day. He's like asking me a bunch of questions, which was cool. We were basically having a conversation, and then he at the end he was just like. Uh, Okay, I'll stop asking now. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to keep bothering you or something. It's like, dude, no, fuck, man, I'm loving this. Please right. keep going. I love talking Dota. It's the same thing. Like, whenever I talk to Newsham about about Dota or games or anything, it's like people just love talking about their thing, you know? Yeah. Especially, especially if you're like in the position of somebody's asking you questions, it just makes you feel good. It's it's like it's like, oh, I know about this thing, and 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 somebody's like, I'm like, you know, teaching somebody that that feels good. So yeah, I mean, don't feel bad about any of that shit. Honestly, I I really I really like that sort of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, uh, awesome time says Jay gets elevated. Is it possible you guys could turn up the audio a bit on your YouTube streams? Did you do that? 
Uh, yeah, I I I turned you up by a couple decibels today. Okay, cool. And cool. I don't turn myself up any higher because it clips. Otherwise, I also think it kind of depends on whether you're listening through headphones, or speakers, or your phone, or whatever. So, GG. Okay, that's his only question. So yes, uh, Cad Nuno says as a mainly position five player, IQ as four and five. Uh, I find that Coddle has been insane, but when I get stuck in position four, I've been picking Treant and spamming vines into their carry. Um, Sounds terrible. It screws their last hitting, Offense. and yeah, it, and it, uh, two to three waves in the way pushes, and we get a uh, we get a free lane. Eventually, my position three leaves, and I get the tower. Sometimes the tier two if they don't defend. Farm and finish my meteor hammer and four staff. It's all cool for position four, but when I play Treant five, it has not been that good. Is there any other hero? I can pick that can play like Treant in position five for me to learn uh, to pick when Caudal is banned. So you basically want a hero that can like sit in a side lane and push. Try Shadow Shaman or Winter Wyvern. Uh, sh sh yeah, yeah, Wyvern's good too. There's a, there's a few. There's quite a few of them. It's just all about picking heroes that um, can like shove waves. And the cool thing about Shaman is he can push towers too. So, but Wyvern Wyvern is a great uh, great lane shover. It's just that Wyvern doesn't really get the towers but wyvern's a lot less killable than a shadow shaman is like you can just fly over trees yeah or, or screw wyvern what about like jakiro jakiro's yeah that, that jakiro's yeah. like the hero the yeah. hero because there's zero cooldown on it too mm -hmm. jakiro's great right now too jakiro is is a a tier uh possibly uh, underrated s tier hmm. i think i love jakiro uh okay tazato says uh response to uh the last uh, alchemy answers where we were talking about nullifier i think that it could be great at countering for protect one and erasing enemy supports farm since it purges ghost scepter and four staff and glimmer cape mm -hmm. uh, the backline can't save the carry if they are out of position that's true yeah that's true I, I i will agree to that that doesn't sound that doesn't sound that bad uh, I have to say, I haven't seen the new nullifier in practice that much. Like people yeah. aren't really going for it, so it might be better than people think, and that it's just possibly underrated because people haven't tried it, been like trying it yet. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I haven't really found the reason to buy it. I guess, but maybe that's just because I'm not looking hard enough. I I definitely feel like the way that it's described and the amount of damage you get, the stats, it sounds kind of nuts. It sounds like it's a, a huge amount of, of, uh, of value. And, and they actually just even buffed it further where you can't dispel that because you used to be able to just dispel the constant dispel or the constant oh, purge from it. But now you yeah, can't. So now it just runs for the whole duration. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, maybe it's pretty decent. Maybe it's decent, but we will see because... I it does not counter BKB, so it will own carries that don't have a BKB because, but most carries go BKB is the problem. True. Ice 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 tried new nullifier and he said it's non-dispellable and that it's good. It might not even be purged by BKB, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, not sure totally if the, sure. the slows would go through. Let me try it here. I'll read the next question. Dude, the new Scotty. Uh, the uh the hp regen uh degen is not purged by bkb so it's like spirit vessel on steroids now where like even if you have an alchemist with a bkb you still just hit him with scotty constantly and it reapplies every single time you hit him okay so when you uh when you nullify a, B a target the bkbs it does 
it doesn't dispel, but you can't apply the slow. Mm. That doesn't work. Interesting. That still doesn't dispel, which is interesting. Um, yeah, that's crazy that Scotty works like that. I'm. Uh, I mean, they they needed to buff that item. I, I feel like Silver Edge didn't need the buff at all. That was already like a fine item. Agreed. It, just the fact that it breaks is like it's always going to have a place. Whereas Scotty was just not getting picked up by anybody. So that's yeah, cool that it's good. Uh, okay, Lurky Boy says hello. New Patreoner here. I have been watching you guys for a long time, and it was feeling like in these desperate times, Jenkins needs more diet pepsi i am running out uh as a rubik spammer uh or he is a rubik spammer but since the pentagon roll patch thing he's been losing a lot uh feels like the hero is cursed because i can't win with him in ranked but can win with heroes i've only played a couple of games with i think my problem is overthinking and wondering is there a way to rediscover a hero yeah watch a pro play it just see what the hell they're doing that you're not doing like chances are if a hero's win rate is is decent and the pick rate is decent then there's some stuff that you that you can be doing maybe it's like you're not prioritizing stealing spells enough in fights and so your impact with the hero in the mid to late game which is like when he's supposed to have a big impact is not great or maybe you're not nuking ranged creeps there's like a lot of things that you could potentially be not doing that rubik players basically do in every game and i think that if you rubik's one of the heroes Right, I think if you don't have the whole package as a support Rubik, it's dog shit. Like he really can feed and be and feel useless. Like yes, he's very susceptible to getting jumped on if your positioning is bad. He can have very low impact if you're not good at stealing the right spell. He's uh, really useless as a support if you're not zapping range creeps and pulling. He is a terrible initiator if you're not abusing the fact that you have an instant lift and making good rotations. Like I, I completely agree. It's definitely one of those heroes that. You can feel the difference between like a good, a good Rubik, Rubik player and a bad yeah. one. Whereas like a good ogre versus a bad ogre, it's like, what is that even? Right? <laughs> Very little difference. Very little difference. Number one ogre player here, I can tell you. <laughs> There's no difference. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Uh yeah, I would say just all I can say is like go watch go watch like a really good Rubik player play, but I would say watch in a pub. Don't watch a competitive game. It's very different. Yep. You want to watch like a pub replay, go to Dota 2 Pro Tracker. And just check, uh, check like a you know famous Rubik player, see what the hell they're doing. Yep, some like Fy or something. Uh, okay. Nugget says just watched my replay in the stream, and the advice was super helpful. That's good to hear. We we rail we've been railing into people lately. Uh, it was mentioned that I should just occupy my lane and not jungle as much. My next question is, can I still do that if I lose my tier one or tier two? And should I just stay there until I need to TP into a fight? And walk back, rinse, and repeat. I was a dark seer that over jungle, by the way. Forgot to add that. I'm also watching ESL online here on and off. And I was wondering why teams uh, seem to be two position fours and three position threes for the draft. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, to answer your, your secondary question, OG is literally playing with three offlaners. <laughs> like, the, or not three offlaners. They're playing with an offlaner mid, and they're playing with Seb, who's an offlaner, and then Sumail's in high ping. And uh, Soxa plays a lot of offlane style heroes as a four so that's one of yeah. the reasons that's definitely going to be a big reason uh, also i think this patch really favors fighting yeah. uh, there's a lot of the heroes that are trending too like in the mid lane are uh happen to be offlaners because of counters and new things people are discovering like there's this bristle mid thing people are doing which made people start picking legion mid and 
counters happening in the side lanes and uh, these like picks coming out where people will like counter it. So they put this like off lane hero into the mid lane and really, oh, surprise, it's a mid laner. Like there's a lot of draft shenanigans going on like that. And it, basically it's, be I would say that the main reason for it is because fighting is really good right now. And almost every hero scales to be insane because of level 30s, because of like ridiculous level 20 ta 25 talents, because of items, uh, because of the fact that we have a neutral item slot now. Uh, rapier being an, an item like there's so many reasons why games can just go late and you can win with basically any lineup so all you need to do is like pick to fight and pick to like have a good early game and then eventually go late game and take an advantage and then you can win the game with like almost anything with almost anything uh yeah. so that's that's a big reason in my opinion it's just like the math on how the how the patch works it just promotes fighting and uh, okay so you were saying so you over jungled on darks here and your next question is you should lane my next question is uh can i still do that if i lose my tier one or tier two yeah 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 it doesn't matter doesn't matter what towers you have on their team or what towers you've lost push the lanes out pushing the lanes out is good no matter what it's that that is the place you need to plant yourself as an offlaner you have to get used to that it doesn't matter what hero you're playing your job is to push one of the side lanes and then like you said tp or make your way somewhere because if you're darks here you throw an iron shell on a creep wave and geez, you can be from one corner of the map to the other corner of the map by the time that Iron Shell despawns. So you don't even need to TP places. You can just surge yourself over, Iron Shell a creep wave, walk back to your team, and all of a sudden the enemy team needs to split up in order to deal with that creep wave, and then you fight them, and then you win the fight because of an Iron Shell. It's the most boring, saddest way to win a Dota game, but it's effective. Like, splitting the enemy team up with simple stuff like that means you never have to take fights that are not adva uh, advantageous. It's really easy. I am and a lot of people this move speed economy. <laughs> are we are we in the new move speed economy now? Is that Dota? Sorry to interrupt. I was just I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. It, from what you said, I I don't yeah, I don't think so. It seems about the same, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's always like sometimes there are these changes where it just it's just like all side side grades and side changes mm. where yeah i don't know it's, i don't think so uh anyway snowy says in the coronavirus lockdown i started doing online tutorials on how to use statistical software uh the tutor's examples are so boring he's using employee data from a bank to see if there's a correlation between gender and salary shocker was the answer is yes anyway to make the course more interesting i'm consistently entering dota 2 match info into the software what variables do you think I should analyze to find interesting correlations in my games? I heard Jenkins is a mathematical genius. That's definitely true, and like a sexual genius as well. Like definitely, I would say like um, getting up there on like the sex symbol scale uh, in terms of Dota personality. So I'm like almost at Donnie level, but not quite there yet. Uh, and let's see, variables. What variables would you like to see if they correlate, Donnie? Um. So. I, you know, because I've been doing this uh, spreadsheet tracking with JCJ, and I was trying to figure out if there's a way to figure out, like, I know that Strats has, like, an individual match performance score that's a, a bunch of different statistics, and I was trying to figure out if there's some, like, I guess, grouping of specific stats that are not team, uh, not very team-influenced, because I... The thing is, like in Dota, if you look at K 
KDA, if you look at GPM, if you look at basically any of like the vanity stats that you see on Dota buff on a regular basis, those are all very heavily influenced by if your team is winning or losing. So if if you have a good game, if your team has a good game, you're going to have very good scores in like all of those areas probably. So I don't know exactly what some of the best stats are. I think like generally speaking, what your like raw KDA is, is a, is a pretty good stat. It's not great, but I think it's pretty good because at least it shows that you are not dying a lot, which is good. You are involved in kills, which is also probably good. I would like to see like number of centuries purchased and win, win percentage for pause fives. That'd be interesting. I, That's something that I think would help a lot of people understand how dumb it is when they're rushing a fucking Aghanim Scepter online and have bought zero centuries because they yeah. want to save their gold. Even though it doesn't make it well, like it pays for itself half the time. If you're yeah. good at D World. Yeah, that, I, w- I would like to see that. That is another good point, though, is I think most of the stats that you'd want to look at are pretty um position specific. I, I think that you ha- you'd have to kind of like figure out different sets of stats per position. And there's probably going to be combinations of stats. Like just looking at raw kills, deaths, GPM, CS, like none of those are actually relevant to determining whether somebody's a good player or not, in my opinion. I would also love to see like these are kind of hard to test. And I, I don't know where you would get the information from this, but I would love to see like number of uh, neutral creeps killed versus uh, number of lane creeps killed and the win percentage of both. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody kills more jungle creeps, is their win percentage going to be shitty or MMR? I guess. I guess. I guess it would be MMR. Like looking and seeing if uh, if somebody like kills kills more lane creeps if their MMR increases mm-hmm. because th- these are just things that I think would help like the average player. Where you could you could actually have like it'd be cool to have like evidence you know stats that's like literally if you if you just do this thing you will win more right because so many people it's like they hear what you're saying and you know sometimes we'll we'll say like pull in replay review and then we'll look the next week and there's no pulling happening and it's like do you just not think that because I I get it there's like when you're getting coached there's a whole lot of bullshit that gets said. So it is hard to find what the good things are and what the bad things are. Um, and a lot of people just like, I guess they don't fully comprehend when you, when you are telling like, this is good. They're like, it's probably not that good. Like it's, <laughs> they're just exaggerating it. You know what I, It's like, it's this right. weird, it's hard to know until you know, then you're like, yes, this is of course good. I've gained all this MMR, but before right. you gain it, you just think like, it's probably not that. You know, it's probably something else like mechanics or last hitting. And then you you can't, you can't know until it's happened. Like true, 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 true. Yeah. It it is a very strange conundrum that we keep running into where it's just week after week after week. And like, God bless you patrons for like continually submitting replays to try and learn and, and supporting us with that and giving us this content to do every week. But it's like, how many times do we have to say just pull the lane well yeah. okay so, to be fair it has gotten better like i i'm, I'm not like it it has 100 percent. i mean we saw bradley dragon for god's sake True. pulling so it it 100 but then we, we get we get we get new players and stuff and then the the and new patrons and the not pulling happens so we are still talking about it but it's nowhere near as much as like yeah that one episode where we started memeing it a lot it stopped like the next episode 
when we were like, we're literally not going to cover every play where there's no pulling. Like everybody started pulling. Yeah. And I hope everybody started gaining MMR. I th- I hope that that's true. I would assume that that's true. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel like if you're not pulling and you start pulling, it's impossible not to gain MMR. Yeah, I like, think so. I think it's just impossible. Yeah, I I I I really think so. I mean, I've watched a lot of Archon and Legend pubs at this point, and good lord. There are a whole lot of things I can tell you that will gain you MMR by just doing it. It's so it's all so simple. It's so simple. But you know, there's also this like question of it, it's it is difficult to like implement. So, like there's a difference between talking about something, understanding that it's good, and then implementing it. That's like sure. a psycho like that's a, a psychology problem, like a learning problem. Like I can read the text on a textbook page, but it, that's not necessarily the same as me understanding the concepts. There's plenty of times where I have to read through a chapter in a textbook like three times in order to actually get what the fuck is going on in it. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, there there is something with like the psychology of learning where if you don't apply it, most of your knowledge goes away. Something like that. You know. Yeah, I would that could be that could be a whole channel, you know, talking <laughs> about that sort of shit. Anyway, MCM LXX says, I'm editing this completely. My original thought was if you could obtain a higher GPM, then wins would follow. Oh, cool. We kind of talked about this already. However, I did some additional research, and like Surf says below, GPM appears to be more of an indicator of how much you won or lost in a match. Exactly what I was saying. We hit the the nail right on the head. Uh, Having that said, when I uh, used to coach basketball, I would not allow my kids to talk about winning or losing. I like that a lot. I really like that. That's how how, uh, we were at Leviathan when we were winning (laughs) when we were losing it was usually usually like oh god i have some stories i have some really devastating stories of tens of thousands of potential dollars that we lost for for having very very bad uh team dynamics practice practices like things that we would we we yeah i mean i could go on forever but i totally agree i totally agree from from my own experience and I, i assume donnie from your from your like snowboarding coaching and stuff you probably feel feel similar like there are things that people can get debated to think about and it takes the focus off like what's important basically definitely um if i only think about that number it's going to go up or down and oh he's talking about mmr um then the number is not going to move totally agree totally agree you should not do this with mmr in fact i literally just made a video on my channel uh which on my my channel not my dota alchemy is my channel as well but i mean my my personal youtube where I talked about basically why you should focus on having an impact in the game as opposed to winning and losing, winning and losing. And uh, the re- the reason that I made that video is it came from a conversation with me and where I had with Moxie, where she was saying like she basically has like severe anxiety when it comes to like queuing for pubs. And so I basically told her the analogy of like Dota's like poker, where you just want to come up with one. That's why I said it on the stream like a couple of days mm-hmm. ago, too, when we talked about it, uh, where Dota's like poker. And you basically want to focus on having the winning strategy and not give a fuck whether or not you win or lose because some games you're not going to impact, some games you will impact, but it, either way, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is make sure that you have that winning strategy. And if that's your focus, then the anxiety usually comes from MMR loss or MMR gain, or I'm, I'm afraid of losing. But if winning is 100% within your control every game because the definition of winning is different, then there's no anxiety because you win every game. It's like the the whole saying is you win or you learn. 
that's like basically what I'm saying is that if your goal to play pubs is to win, or if you lose, make the game as fucking hard as possible for the enemy team to end and have the highest impact possible, then you can lose that game and still be a winner. So there's no MMR or there's no anxiety that can be associated with that if the anxiety comes from potentially losing. And yeah, I mean, I believe that. I 100% believe that. Yeah, basically any time that I, like, and this happens, I've I've actually had several conversations with people who are like, you know, I see 5K, I see 4K, whatever your milestone is, and I just go on a losing streak. And that that's happened to me several times in the past. 100%. And any time I, like, even before I, I dropped a ton of MMR, I was, you know, I was floating between 5.4 and 5.3K MMR for, like, three, four months. And I just kept looking at this immortal metal and just being like, I'm so fucking close. And then for like a week straight, I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to go get immortal like now today. And then I would just go on a losing streak. And then like, I would stop doing that and I'd grind my way back to like four, <sighs> 5.4 K and I'd be like, all right, I'm winning a bunch. I'm going to go get immortal. And then losing streak stagnant, like over and over and over. And it's just, it's really just, Man, just being results oriented is just so bad for performance. This this makes me <laughs> this makes me beg the question of there's been so many times where I've felt that too. And this is this is like this hits home for me because I'm very close to 8k right yeah. now for the first time ever. And I was one of those people that be- genuinely believed that I was never going to be good enough to get 8k. Like I saw these players as being on such an, like, that's professional level, you know? And it's like, I never thought that it would be possible. I mean, now I think it's possible for anybody. It just takes a lot of time and, and effort. But I'm obsessed with the number right now. Right. I, I, I'm telling, I'm like, I don't, and, and the, the question I have is like, <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be the one asking the questions, but how the fuck do I not? How do I not obsess over that? It's been such a goal for me. I feel like, even if I try not to and say I'm not going to, I'm going to go into pubs and while I'm playing, I'm going to be thinking about, oh, if I win this, I'm this much closer to 8K. And I can tell you on my way to getting to this point, I never thought about it like that because you only think about it like that when you hit the peak, you know, yeah. or you're close to the peak. Yeah. So we can talk about it a bit off stream because I, I definitely have some ideas for you from just like studying sports psychology and that kind of stuff. But tell me now, what do I, what do I do? Dude? I mean, you, you have to just kind of like come up with a system that just gets you into the zone before every game, because you, you basically just like have to come up with something that is so just mechanical in routine where playing in a high pressure game just becomes like part of normalcy for you. Because anytime you go into a game where it's like, all right, I'm queuing, I'm 7.7K. Like, if if that's your thought going to the game, like, you're, you're kind of fucked. Like, maybe maybe you're not fucked, but because you've obviously been able to, like, continue to maintain this high level of MMR, but... Not this high. Right. Not this high. <laughs> but, but even so, like, I'm sure that, you know, when you were 
7.5k you probably had these thoughts a few times like oh i'm getting closer and closer to 8k but you still were able to like much less much less continue to like win and lose win and lose maybe like slowly climb up to 7.7k but now that you're getting closer and closer every single game is going to take on like this extra significance to you but that significance is not real and so the way to break out of that like false significance of the game actually mattering more than it does is to just like come up with a routine to where like getting into the game itself is so normal that you kind of forget that there is any significance to it you know you know what when you even this is going to sound some fucking hokey pokey pseudoscience but when even when you just said that when you said that it's not real that like that like hit me just hearing you say that because it's it's like well number one we as humans like look at things and find patterns you know what i mean like what is the difference between a 7.7k player and an 8k player? Like if you are 7999, people view you as 7k. Right. If you are 8001, you are an 8k player. Right. There's a 3 MMR difference between those two numbers, and yet we perceive it as being so different. And so when you said that, it's like, "Oh, you're right. It actually isn't real." And uh that reminds me of uh i've been re-listening to a book by marcus aurelius it was actually his diary called meditations i've talked about it a dozen times mm-hmm. some st- stoic book and he always talks about how whenever there's something that you're struggling with in life that's causing you emotions in either regard either like euphoria or depression or whatever it is you can always go back to some sort of principle that is just true in the universe that will make that thing not matter anymore and that can be a good that can be a good thing or a bad thing. You can perceive that in either way. But that seems like a good principle for me. Is just that it actually doesn't matter. Like the difference between seven point seven k and eight k is probably the same difference between seven point six k and seven point nine k or whatever. But I wouldn't view it like that. Right. You know, I would view. I don't give a hell. I don't give a rat's ass if I'm seven point nine k. I want to be eight k. Right. You know what I mean. So, yeah, I think I just need to repeat to myself, like, it's not real. It's not real. And that, I think that goes for everybody else. I think, like, rep- just just reminding yourself of, like, those those certain principles that are, like, true regardless. Yeah. You know? It's... I mean, realistically, like, for me, I've had the same thing. I was, I was 90, what, 92, 97%, something like that. Divine 5, 97%. So, essentially, I was immortal, right? You know, I was I was actually like five MMR, ten MMR away from being immortal. So, like, it's one win or loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, and you've got I I don't want to I don't want to like uh, throw some uh, wood in the fire or whatever, so to speak. But people give you so much shit about <laughs> being divine too. I know. So I I know how much you want to get that. What's your MMR at now? You're doing pretty decent, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm not playing as much, but I'm four i'm almost 4.8 so I'm here's almost, the thing separate separate you say it's a game but for me it's like if i get ak i can maybe play in that league next year you know so it's like right. that's uh that's some nice like supplemental income that's my argument for smurfing too i know people are really against smurfing but when there's thousands if not millions of dollars on the line if you're somebody like archeesy for example i understand why eternal envy smurfs he's playing for tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars and archeesy's playing for millions of dollars Right. Who in God's name wouldn't take a competitive advantage to make a moral to take a moral high ground in a situation like that? And that's how I feel about like caring about your MMR. It's like it depends on how far you want to go with it, you know? It really depends. Yeah, I mean for for both of us, Dota is a career at the moment, so it, it pays dividends to be 
high rated. Like, yeah, true. E- even for me, people will stop fucking questioning whether my advice is correct. Like, just straight up casting as well. Like, if yeah. you're casting and you say something that's like stupid, people will just assume it's not stupid if you're high rated. Right. But it's like, no, that was stupid. Yeah, I mean, also look at look at Cap for example. Like, he was when he first started being an analyst, he was like five k or something like that. And he made it like a mission because he wanted to actually be a fucking analyst, like at the level that like the, you know, the pros who were coming off of who were like retiring or like they would have guest pros analyze Merlini, of course, was like an ex Dota one pro. Um, And so Cap was like, all right, well, I have to be I have to get like 7K. Otherwise, I can't really realistically be an analyst. And it's it's worked for him it's worked really worked people are always like oh he does this so differently and i heard that i i heard uh that he he like moves his he's like one of the few play-by-plays that actually moves his camera around separately from the the observer uh, the observer yeah and and like looks at stuff and like it gives him this really interesting like analytical style of of play-by-play right you know Anyway, let's move on from this. We got a billion questions. Uh, Wink X11 says, "Why is Maelstrom better on Life Stealer over Battle Fury, but a Battle Fury is better on Jug?" Uh, there's a f- the main reason is is Life Stealer has attack speed, and Maelstrom scales really well with attack speed because it's um, just percentage or it's just um, like static damage, no pun intended, and Battle Fury scales with like all damage. It scales with damage and right clicks and everything. Uh attack speed, damage. So Battle Fury on a hero with like a crit is really good because you crit and then it spills all of that damage. If you were to like hypothetically crit on Nakes, uh and you added like a maelstrom, it doesn't make the maelstrom do any more damage. So it's it's really a, a, efficient to um have a battle fury on these like crit heroes that yeah. have high damage. Also, Lifestealer does most of his damage with like his lifesteal yeah. and attack speed. Also, Juggernaut doesn't, or Juggernaut deals a lot more with um, not having sustain both mana and HP, whereas Lifestealer has innate sustain for health, so he can and farm no, forever. And no mana cost, basically. Exactly. So uh, you have to look at like the whole item and what it does for a hero, and, and not just like the fact that it increases farming speed. Timing also definitely matters a lot. Like when mm. when you when you want to win the game. I mean, hypothetically, if you did want to win the game like really late with a Nakes, I wouldn't think Battle Fury is that bad. But at that point, I would kind of just prefer to see you a go like hero. Radiance <laughs> or or a different hero hero going Battle Fury. Yeah, you know, I I, I totally agree. Um, how does a new nullifier work? It just purges. That's it, and slows. Uh, Wink also says, "What MMR is picking meta heroes more important than picking heroes you're comfortable with?" None, no MMR. Agreed. I would, I would say that if you're high enough rated to be justified, good enough to be able to pick meta heroes, you should be the one defining the meta at that point. Yep. So I think, I think that this is true for everybody, and you can see that people are picking like Ember Four and all of these like ridiculous picks that would be considered dog shit before, and that's people experimenting and people picking what they find fun, and a lot of the time, what you find fun is I, I was talking about this on Cast with uh, Moxie a bit. A lot of the time, what you find fun tends to be what's good because it's 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 fun to it's, win. It's fun to it's feel fun powerful. To win. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to do good shit in Dota. Like, there's a reason that your brain has this response to this stuff, right? You know, it's it's not for for no purpose. It's like 
you enjoy eating because we needed to do that to literally not die in the woods. Like, right. you know, back in the, back in the old plains of Africa there. Yep. So I think, yeah, trust your, uh, trust your instincts when it comes to, if you're playing something and it feels really good, take it as far as you can go with it. See how it goes. I mean, uh, okay. I guarantee that like Ember Spirit carry wouldn't have become nearly as popular as it was if people like Anna hadn't been carries at that point. Because it's just one of his favorite heroes, one of his best heroes, and he's picking it as a carry. It's it's not like a prototypical carry, right? If you take an Ember Spirit and you're like, who wins this man fight? Ember Spirit PA, Ember Spirit Sven, Ember Spirit Wraith King, Ember Spirit Nakes, Ember Spirit insert any normal carry. Ember Spirit loses all of those, but he actually becomes a very good carry uh, when you do something different, but you'd never figure that out if you were just trying to play prototypical carries all the time. So comfort True. lets you explore the possibilities of a hero. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different things you can do in Dota. Like, there's so many things that are good. Other than Pudge, there's so many things that are Bro, good. I, I rewatched a little bit of our Carry Techies Pudge 5 stream because I, I, I was going through all of my old recordings and trying to free up some space on my computer, and I found it. And I was like, damn, this shit was tight. Like, it was actually legit, and it was funny, and it was not really that much of a meme, because it kind of owned the lane, and I feel like it would own most lanes, because that was not an easy lane that we played it against. It did. We should, we, should, we should do that one again, actually. I'm down. I'm yeah. down for that. That was fun. Uh, Alduin says, if you are losing... Uh, this is answering questions. Uh, Louise, Louis, or Louise... Whichever you prefer, it depends on the day. Fr says uh, there's two. There's two Louis. I have to be careful. Louis's. God damn it! I'm mispronouncing it now. Whenever I read Louis, I I I will either say Lois, Louis, or Louise, and I actually can't get. I'm not joking. Like I had a friend that was called that before, and I cannot get my brain to read it correctly. I don't know why. It's just I'm just too stupid. Anyway, uh, Lois says starting item questions as a po position five support. That constantly casts spells to harass, uh, Bane, Shadow Shaman, Keep of the Light, etc. Is it better you cast your spell at level one, or is it better to wait to level two uh, to cast your spell since they are more effective? Also, would you recommend going Ring of Basilius for mana regen? Yeah, go for it. Uh, and and uh, some Clarity Mango as starting items. Finally, when should we go for Ring of Basilius over Headdress? So, Ring of Basilius is just for spamming spells. Headdress is for like eating shit on enemies that spam spells. So it just depends on what you deem to be more important. But yep. oftentimes they basically do the same thing. So like if you were to go, for example, a headdress on Caudal, it just means you're spamming less, but you're healing more. Right. So it depends on how much spamming they're doing and how much you can stop them from spamming by you spamming and Really, they're both pretty equivalent. That's a very small min-max. Like, they're both good items. But pros will min-max that shakes. They'll min-max, like, everything. And, um, yeah, you can go for a Ring of Basilius for mana regen, for sure. And I would say as a, as a pause 5, you spam that shit as early as possible. Like, your whole job is to protect your carry. And if you're saving your mana until you're level 3, you're going to lose some lanes. That's a long time for a position 5. I think you should just spam your stuff and send regen. Yeah, I also um I took something that from replay review that we talked about where there's the the cycle of I I hadn't really realized that I wasn't doing this very well, but if um if the lane is near your tower, 
I, I was always not totally sure what I should be doing at that point. I would just kind Crushing of like spells. Yeah, I would kind of be away from my carriage, being like, "Oh, well, I don't want to leech their experience." But you actually want to you want to push the lane so that you can pull basically, and so it's like the cycle is: you come up, you blow your mana pool on somebody, and then you're regening your mana while you're doing the second half of that cycle, which is going and pulling the camp or stacking the camp and then pulling it, and then by pulling it the wave ends up in front of the tower again and then you go and use all the mana that you've regained for the last 45 seconds to a minute again on the people and so like in in that way you actually end up not ever running out of resources because you're regenerating mana when you don't need to be casting spells and then you have mana to cast the spells and just like over and over and over and i've been really trying to focus on that in my games when i am five now and it feels really good yeah i i agree i mean it does depend on the lane like when you when you get into these like really high rated games, like I would really recommend watching Dubu for this. People figure out like the exact way that they want to play the lane, and so in those, I would say that in ninety percent of like low rated games, like in my low rated, I just mean like six, seven, even six, seven k games are like low rated compared to like these ones. You probably can just push the lane with spells no matter what, and you'll be fine. But sometimes, like if you really wanted to, if you really want to min max it, you can static your lane in front of the tower. Sometimes you have to push the lane or you're going to lose. Like, there's really weird dynamic situations you can, like, end up in. Um, but right. generally speaking, I would say that, like, when the lane's right in front of your tower, I mean, I don't care if it's... If I'm a carry, I don't really care that much if it's pushing out. I just want to hit creeps. So I, I want the enemies to be low so they're not bothering me while I'm hitting creeps. And if that re results in pushing the lane, then that also results in a pull and that my support's going to not steal XP from me because they're going to be gone pulling. So, like... It's all good. It's just, it, once again, it's like Basilius versus Headdress. It's like very min-maxing to to consider the times when you shouldn't do that. I would say, if you're ever not sure, just cast spells and push the lane and then pull. Like, 99% yep. of games, that's going to win you the game. And even if it isn't the optimal thing to do, it's not going to lose you the game to do that. That's never going to lose you the game. It's, it's very rare where the draft is like that, where it's like, oh, if you push the lane this once, you lose. Right. How how uneven is this draft? Like, what did you fuck up that you lose because of that? Are you picking Lich Carry? Like, what right. are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So next we have Nugget, who says, "What do you think about the mentality of putting your worst slash lowest MMR player on a position four and five in a stack?" We already talked about this. We already talked about this. To give you a summary, in case you didn't catch that, basically we said my opinion was that the difficulty of roles goes uh, depending on the hero. That's a Big stipulation. Five off lane, carry four mid. In terms of five is the easiest to put in to put a bad player on. Um at a high level, five is probably the hardest. But the like baseline that a five needs to do in order to win the game is not that much. If you pick them like an ogre, you know, it's really not that much. Whereas like a mid needs to do a shit like if you have a bad mid against a good mid it doesn't matter what anybody else does it's just over right you're yep. done yep but anyway that was like the very first one of the very first questions that we we talked about yo our stream we... is whack right now we keep dropping like 100 viewers and then it pops right back up what's going on with that i don't know we getting view botted hell yeah dude let's go that's cool hit us up yeah with those view bots i'm just kidding i'm not endorsing that please don't ban us uh, Wink X11 says, "Why isn't LC a carry?" What do you think, Big D? 
You know what? This is kind of an interesting question because I would say, in theory, it should be. But oh, uh, but but it doesn't really scale at a natural level, whereas most carries scale naturally. And what I mean by that is, if you have kind of an off game on LC, you will never have impact if you're a carry. Whereas if you have you can't hit creeps yeah, to have an impact. If you have an off game on a PA. At some point, if you hit level twenty-five, you will still be able to carry the game, right? Even if even if you have like twelve deaths and two kills, like if you just get items, you will still be able to carry the game. Whereas if yeah, you're an LC, you literally can't. Yeah, like if you have fifty dual damage at fifty minutes and you're a carry LC, like what are you, what are you even doing, right? You do no damage. Yep. Definitely. Uh, I also think like LC has this problem of literally being able to like jump and kill one guy, and then you have like this uh, whatever forty second cooldown, whatever it is on like the max duel. It's a long cooldown. Whereas like some Terror Blade can just rip apart your entire team. Anti Mage can choose a target, switch targets. Like yeah, LC's way of doing damage is very, uh, very single target, and then after that she gets mega kited. Right. You know, whereas some hero like a Wraith King can chase somebody around, stun them, Life Stealer picks up like uh, Abyssal and has the slow and has the rage move speed. And LC running after people, trying to hit them is just the most pathetic thing. And she doesn't have like a steroid. Right. Her steroid is like a dispellable heal yeah. that she places on herself, which cannot be placed through BKB. It's just weird. It's just really weird as a carry. But I think LC's a decent mid, and I think that's why LC's getting picked as mid a lot these days is because it you're right double it can, in the right game it yeah. it can be played as more of a core role it can like it's not just an offlaner right uh but i don't think that's true for carry you know i don't think she can i think she's a really hard if you pick her as a carry you need some like sf mid you need some basic basically a carry a Medusa, in the yeah like every every single carry that's good right now basically wants to not be killing heroes for 30 minutes. Whereas if LC, yeah. just imagine if you have an LC who literally is just hitting creeps for 30 minutes, how pissed would you be? It has zero dual damage at 30 minutes. It's like, oh, hey guys, look at my farm. It's like, yeah, well, if you were a Wraith King, you'd have two lives and be able to one-shot their entire team right now. So Yeah, and she also doesn't farm quickly other yeah. than like killing heroes. So yeah. there's a few problems. There's a few problems with it, but I get why... With the scaling damage, it seems like she could be a carry, but that's not the only requirement for being a carry. It's like having yep. some like infinitely scaling damage. Because you could beg the same question, why isn't Pudge a carry? Right. Because he, he gets strength. It's like, because Pudge... Or Underlord, for that matter. Pudge with 100 stacks of flesh heap is still dog shit. <laughs> you know, he can't, he can't run in and like right-click people really hard. Right. Uh, Underlord is probably the most realistic out of those. Yeah, three legitimately because he actually has most of the other mechanics that are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still a little weird though because once again it's based on killing people. Yeah. So, Cato uh, Nuno says, uh, "Okay, these are not questions actually." Once again, Sting Chip says, "What tips do you have for breaking through a plateau?" I started playing Dota a bit over a year ago and slowly worked worked my way up to two point nine k at my max, but then in December. I went overseas for a couple of months. Now I've been back for a couple of months. During that time, I literally cannot get past 2.9k. Uh, I've been kind of talked about games, this earlier. Four, four, yeah. 
Uh, I spent less time playing, more time studying, and still no change. Any tips would be appreciated. I'd love to see your profile. I would like to see your profile. I want to know how many heroes you're playing. That's my first thought as well. Is like, yeah, eh, if you're if you're spamming a hero, you should pretty easily be able to get past two point nine k. Like the for me, the formula is go watch a pro replay of a hero and keep watching them until you find a hero that looks cool. Yep. Pick that hero and just keep spamming it. Keep watching pro replays. And eventually you'll just be doing all of the same stuff that they're doing. And then at that point, there's absolutely no way you can get stuck at 2.9 K MMR. Uh, Cause it's, it's pretty easy even as like a 2.9 K MMR player to recognize a seven K MMR tactic. It's like very rarely in Dota do you, see something happening and then not know what's going on. It's, it's very easy to have like a God mode view of the game. This is why there are a lot of casters that can make like good analytical calls about a game. Say like, oh, they should roast right now. They should do, they, they, they shouldn't smoke and then walk up this high ground right now. It's like, yes, of course you can see that because we yeah. see all the variables. If you, if so, you watch a lot of very good examples, you're going to get used to recognizing good examples, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but you still need to do the practice to like, put it into a game all, all i'm saying is like i think i i think it's pretty hard to watch a replay and not see something new that you aren't doing yeah that you should do you just don't know until you watch it and, yep. and see the new thing like i always feel like i know so much about the game and then i watch some like 33 replay and it's like oh my god that's insane i had no idea yeah you know? uh, i did a coaching session a couple days ago where we looked at somebody's Dota buff profile and they were like 70% win rate with one hero that they played like 20 times in a month. And then they had like 12 heroes that they were 0 and 1 with. And I was like, just eliminate these 12 heroes and suddenly you've gained like 300 MMR. I don't know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's That's a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. I would definitely look at your Dota buff actually and check that out uh that's that's like probably the better advice to be honest way easier too mira says question from a position four perspective how do i make the correct assessment to completely abandon a lane i find myself with weak off laners who get their teeth kicked in uh even though i cut for them weaver pogna wind ranger the list goes on tips uh you i would say you usually don't really ever want to completely abandon the offlane because the offlane tower is the first tower that you should be pushing. So I'd say it's more so like you can abandon and then go back to it. I would never say you leave for like more than five minutes or something like that. You you would rather put another core there, like rotate other heroes up to the offlane with you. Uh, also, even if you rotate out, you can go help mid and then have mid come top or whatever the offlane is, for example, and then like take that tower. I also don't ever feel like even hard lanes are like unplayable if you break it down. You know, what identify what is the difficult part of that lane? Like, sure, Wind Ranger might not be a very strong offlaner if you're against like Bane plus X, but if you just spend all of your time harassing the Bane out, then the Wind Ranger is probably going to have a pretty decent lane. So identify what's actually making the lane hard and not just blame it on a bad pick. Because most, most of the heroes that you named, Pugna, Weaver, Wind Ranger. Yeah, I don't feel like they should be losing lanes. I really yeah. don't. I think I think all of I think I legitimately think right now all of those heroes are perfectly fine off laners. I agree. Like 
I think Pugna and Weaver are actually good. Windranger is fine. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you shouldn't be losing. You sh- shouldn't be losing those lanes. And maybe they just suck, but that's that's okay. Okay, how should I make the correct assessment for when to completely abandon a lane? Basically, when well, the thing is, like, it's more so. It's it's not about abandoning the lane. It's just about doing something different. Yeah, it's leave, like if you're playing the lane. The lane... Sorry, go ahead. You you go. I was gonna no, say, you go. No, leave you... leave the lane when your impact there is minimal compared to possibly doing where, something else. Where it could be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But so... you can like impact by by stacking, by cutting, by getting bounties, by messing with the support, by jungling, by helping mid, like. It's it's not necessarily going to be the case that you just leave in a ba- completely abandoned lane. Like if you can't play in an area completely, um, especially if it's in the enemy jungle, that's that's pretty bad. Then you're like you're basically committing to just entirely securing another area of the map, which I wouldn't do unless you have a very specific hero that you need to do that for, like an alchemist or something. Right. Like if you don't have an alchemist on your team, you want to be taking the enemy jungle. Yeah. Yeah. So I... you want. Unless you're picking something like Necrophos Four, I can't really figure out any any reason you wouldn't be able to figure like find something to do that's more useful um, than just straight up abandoning the lane. Yeah, I guess the problem is with the wording. It's like if you if you leave, you go back. You leave, like you just it's just choosing to roam and and roaming like you don't completely leave the leave the lane. Yeah. Um. Another situation is you can. Like quote unquote abandon the offlane if your guy can cut, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's more of like a good situation. That's not really what you described, which is basically your core being an idiot and picking shitty heroes. Yeah, like that's that's a different. That's like you can abandon when it's good, but otherwise, like that's probably where your highest impact is going to be felt. Uh, a bug says, "I'm curious what your thoughts on Medusa are. Uh, both of you normally rank her low or even in the dog shit tier, but at ESL I saw her picked several times." I don't think she is an S tier carry or mid, but I feel like she provides a lot of damage by being strong, consistent damage, and a uh, pusher as well. If she's CC'd and focused, I know she suffers, but if she has anyone else to absorb the pressure, she seems like a very powerful hero. See, there I would disagree. I think she's okay. Uh, I'm a Medusa specialist with a 60% win rate, so I'm somewhat biased, but I feel her weaknesses aren't different from other carries. She loses if her team is completely run over in the first 15 to 20 minutes. Well, that's dog shit in this patch, in my opinion. Like, I think any hero that can't fight is bad. Yeah. Like, it's all about fighting. I even think, like, the Terror Blades and Anti-Mages and stuff are pretty bad right now. Like, I, I would much prefer to have some Gyrocopter running at the enemy team. Yeah, I mean, I would put that's it like this. Just... If your carry is, like, an Ursa, you can pick a Medusa. If your carry is, like, a non-traditional carry. If you have an Anti-Mage or a Wraith King or a Terror Blade or a Phantom Lancer and you're picking Medusa mid... You're just kissing your MMR goodbye. I mean, I just I just don't see why you would want to have a Medusa on your team over something else. It's kind of just like picking to play carry in the mid lane. Yeah. And, I mean, you can do that with heroes that also do other things. Like, there's Morphling. There's, like, Slark was a thing for a while. There's Lycan. There's, like, even Queen of Pain can kind of carry. Like, all I'm saying is, like, I f- really feel that Unless you're specifically trying to cheese people with like a weird Medusa pick, then it's not really that great. And I would say that's probably why it's getting picked in ESL. It's because they're they're like it's it's Medusa's like a curveball hero. 
Yeah, people are still going for like the rapier second or third item to make it work. So yeah, and once again, that's that's about the only reason that Medusa is like viable right now is because rapier is so good. Yeah, and what I've said this before, but I think that's a really tall requirement to say that a hero. Like I think PA is garbage too because of that. It's like everybody's like, oh, she can, she's so good with a rapier, but it's okay. Well, what what if she gets lassoed? You know, what if she gets that rapier and some team just focuses you or you mess up once? I'll do. <laughs> I will say that. Matu Matumba Man was like nine and one or like ten and one with PA last week on Dota 2 Pro Tracker. And he's he's, he's going like double wraith treads, desolator, agonims every single game. And hmm. then and then he gets uh Satanic or Abyssal Blade or Rapier. Like he doesn't even go BKB on the hero anymore. Looking looking at Dota 2 Pro Tracker, PA has a 41% win rate. Medusa has a 43% win rate. Right. So these heroes are absolutely not winning games. <laughs> yeah. And uh I think I think there's a pretty good reason for that. Lycan still has like the highest win rate. What? How is that hero so nuts? He has the highest win rate, and he also is just like one of the more picked heroes too. What a nuts hero. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm just. Not, I'm not a fan. But I. I don't think it's like. I don't think it's dog shit tier. I. I don't like. There's very few things that are really dog shit tier right now. Like Pudge, Techies, Lock Warden, maybe. Lion is like. I would say I put Lion above dog shit tier. I think because as a as a four, it's okay. I think Lion treads going the ninety damage talent is pretty good actually. Even Techies with VP winning with it, it's like. Yeah. You can, it's hard. It's hard to call certain things dog shit, but Arkward has a twenty six percent win rate in pro level <laughs> pubs right now. Like he's fifteen percent win rate lower than the next hero on the list, which is Brewmaster, which is a, another garbage hero because they nerfed the uh, the thing that was actually a bug. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Indy says, wondering what the boys think of. Pavugna as Uber healer position four. It's god tier. It's lit it's legitimately S tier. I'm winning with it, but it doesn't seem to work on games where I don't have a tank. That's when you kill people. Yeah. That's when you use it to murder people. My build <laughs> is Arcane, Wand, Disassemble into Aether, Tranks. People are going Tranks before Aether Lens now. They're not going for the mana boots because that way you can like suck people and heal them. Um yeah. lockets. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of the locket. Mm. I feel like you just go normal pugna items like Dagons and Yules and Blinks and stuff like that. You already do enough crazy shit. You already do enough healing. Yeah. That's the thing about locket is most of the heroes that it's good on don't need the amp. They already do enough healing without the amp. I'll build into pipe. See, that's the thing though. It's like I don't feel like you need a pipe or want to be the hero that's building it because you don't want to run in and be tanky and that's half of what makes pipe good yeah agreed so it's it's like a weird it feels like it's okay it's definitely okay like i don't think it's shit but you know if you're a centaur for example pipe is not just okay it's like god tier right. so like why not leave the pipe up to heroes where every single benefit of the item you you take advantage of um it's like picking up a philosopher's stone on a carry you know it's like yes it gives you 70 gpm but it minuses your attack speed or picking up yeah, let's say yeah. like a, fa a, a faded brooch well that's that's just the most broken item 
Well, it's just like picking up any item that has like stats on it that some hero doesn't like. Like with neutral items in particular, it can feel really bad if like you're Meepo and there are no stat items because like, sure, you'd rather have it than not have it, but you're kind of like, this is useless because I want a stat item. That's kind of how I feel about the pipe is that if they're in items in general, if there's like parts of the item that you are just not using, unless it's very necessary for your team to win the game, it's probably not very good. Yeah. Because there's there's so many items in Dota, you can find something that like fits perfectly. Agreed. Uh, okay, yeah, anyway, you said, what do we think about Pugna Healer position four? Literally S tier. It's like the best position four in the game right now, in my opinion. I think it's amazing. Um, I've, I've seen so many replays of this casting, and every single time it looks really good. Yeah, it's definitely good. The new Pugna is just broken. Uh, okay, Cato Nuno says, uh, this is not a question. Nugget says, how do you find the priority target in a fight? Sometimes it's obvious who it is, glass cannons, casters, etc. And other times they're obvious heroes not to target, like tanky offlaner. Now, other times it's hard if there's like a faceless void, Marana, Luna, Crystal Maiden, Phoenix. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, basically you just need to look at the enemy team, decide what it is they need to do in order to win team fights, and then stop that from happening. Do whatever the best thing you can do possible to stop that from happening. If you're a Doom and they need to get a Phoenix Egg and Faceless Void Chronosphere off to win the fight, then that means you need to Doom either the Faceless Void or the uh, Phoenix. If the Egg doesn't matter and just the Chrono matters, then you just target the Void. If you have a Wraith King, so the Chrono doesn't matter and the Egg doesn't matter, but they have a hero to mana burn your Wraith King, then you can doom that guy, and then your Wraith King can just go get chronoed. Like, basically, the way that you should play fights, in my opinion, is to just come up with, like, a strategy going into it beforehand. Not going into it, but, like, before you even engage in the fight, at the start of the game, think, like, how do we need to... What do we need to do to win fights? And then try to do it, and if it doesn't work, come up with a new one. And if that doesn't work, come up with a new one. If that doesn't work, you lose. Who cares? One game of Dota. Do it right the next time. Like, you'll learn that way. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes... It takes losing a couple of fights to figure out what's actually beating you. And then you just need to like That happens plenty in pro games. Yeah. Don't don't just think because you lost a fight that it's because you don't have enough farm, which I think most people that I think that's like one of the biggest problems that people have is they lose a fight and they're just like, Oh, well it's because we're not farmed enough and they just go hit jungle creeps. It's like, no. You lost the fight because this person got initiated on, or you lost the fight because this person wasn't there, or this skill wasn't available, or this person wasn't targeted, or you jumped the fucking bristle back instead of the Zeus. You know, there's so many yeah. reasons that you lose team fight. That's how you can come back in a team in, in a game when you're down by thirty thousand gold because you jumped the correct hero. It's like uh, one of those, I don't know, like the the logic puzzles where you have to like get everything in the correct order, otherwise it doesn't line up correctly, it doesn't work. And so that's basically a team fight. If you've ever done those, you know that it's there's no like formula for solving it usually either. It's like a trial and error. Yeah, until you there's right. there's <laughs> there's quite a few quite a bit of trial and error in instinct. Like that's the that's the point in those. That's why those are on like law entry exams because a uh, law school entry exams because it's like your time the time the amount of time you have to do it is not enough to mathematically work it out. So they're gauging what your instinct is for solving something. Right. And the only way to improve that is by going with a shit strat at first, and then you just keep improving it and keep practicing, which once again is why people practice for like getting into law school. It's, yeah. it's, it's important. Uh, otherwise, you're never going to be able to do it. 
Uh, okay, so let's see. Cato uh, Nuno says, playing five recently, and I noticed that the heroes I was playing didn't really work with the playstyle of my brackets carries. I'm Legend Four, and even though the heroes you said are pretty meta, some would say S tier. Then in brackets, you smiley face. Uh, it is it normal that some heroes, even when played correctly, do not work in certain brackets, or can it be that I'm not playing these heroes properly? Uh, this is about Coddle, by the way. I feel carries have problems either when the support doesn't have a stun. Uh, basically, just is Coddle shit in lower bracket. I've been considering Jakiro or Lich instead, both having ways of saving stupid carries. Yeah, I think so. I think I think there are certain heroes that are shittier in lower brackets. Like yep. if or I'm both. ever playing, if I'm ever playing on my Smurf, I'm I'm picking heroes that can like carry the game and impact. Even if, but, but they'll still be offlaners. But I'll I'll pick ones that can that can like do, like void spirit, ember spirit, stuff like that. They can yeah. just like outskill and win. It's definitely one of the reasons I've been picking Shadow Shaman Five is because at the very least I'm going to be able to pressure side lanes if nobody else is doing it. You know what? I guess the thing is, if you are a player and you genuinely believe you're better than your bracket, and you're picking a hero that has a lot of control. Like you could win by picking Coddle and just playing it really well, right? But I think you would you could win even more quickly by picking like a a booster hero, you know? Like yeah. if for for example, if you're if you're spamming like Meepos and Huskars and Broods last pick, and you're still losing in that bracket, chances are you suck because you <laughs> should be able to get your MMR much higher. And then when you stop picking those, you'll probably you'll you'll probably drop down to a, a certain amount. And right. I guess that that's that's another that is another concern. And I hate to take a complete one eighty on something, but I've um, you know, I was talking about like pl how I would play with Newsham and Ray, and and I would only queue if I was queuing with them because I wanted to just like get the highest MMR. And then I realized if I ever wanted to solo again, uh, I would I would lose MMR and I would go down to what my correct number is. Mm -hmm. So I've just been grinding alone now, so that way my number represents exactly what my skill is playing solo. And I guess that is a problem here is that like if you're picking some hero to carry yourself to another bracket and all of a sudden you go back to playing coddles and stuff because it's good in that bracket, aren't you going to suck dick? <laughs> like, but then again, that 180 again, you'll be in a higher bracket so you could quickly learn because people are better. So, but there will be a period of you really sucking when you move to those other, those other heroes. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess the thing is like there's no get rich quick scheme. For definitely, Dota, because definitely. at a certain point you're going to need to be that good anyway, unless you want to keep cheesing your way up, which is what's somewhat viable. It's like somewhat viable if you only care about MMR, but if you actually want to be good at the game and be like have fun, I, I feel like nobody who plays one hero actually ends up having fun because at some point you get to the you get to a point where you're just kind of like, okay, I'm good at this hero, but I'm actually good at the game, and usually the answer is like not as good as you think i would honestly just say play what you enjoy yeah that's that's my best advice for you is if you like if playing coddle feels like shit don't play it yep if playing shadow shaman feels fun and good play it yep and i picked monkey king position four today and it felt amazing because i love how that hero feels just to control and is monkey king position four good yeah yeah it's okay it's okay but this felt better than any other four that i've played recently aside from maybe like void spirit and i was like holy shit i should just pick monkey king position four every game because this is actually really fun 
yeah, fun does a lot of work for you. Yeah. And once again, going back, it's uh, if you're if you're winning, you'll be having fun usually. So if you're losing while having fun, who really cares? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Pogasis. Oh no, sorry. Sofa King says this is based on what was going to be my replay until I changed it yesterday. Essentially, my question is using Dark Rift defensively in team fight situations. Seems like teammates use 2020 hindsight to either flame you for casting it too soon or abandoning someone. That's a hard thing to do. You're basically saying people will flame you for miscasting this ability. Uh, bailing a team fight, what's a decision tree for that? Jesus Jeez, Christ. Man, that's a goddamn <laughs> hard one because I, I fuck that up all the time. I basically don't use it for yeah. that. It's like, okay, I mean, I can tell you what the decision tree is, but it's it's very loose because otherwise I'd need to see the individual replay. But if you're fighting into a high ground, if you're fighting on a ward, if you're fighting into Roche, if you're if you're like if somebody bought back, if there's some reason that that fight is obviously really shit and going to be a disaster, you should just ult and get out. And if your team flames you for that, just say they bought back. That was a bad fight, you know. But even then, you can maybe win a fight if they buy back and you could end the game there or whatever. But it's I don't know. I I feel like worrying about this kind of decision is going to be an MMR losing exercise. Probably. I would say like <laughs> 98%, legitimately 98% of the time, that ability should just be used to get like you out or you and like one other person who gets like doomed or something like that. But God, I rarely see people doing that with, with Underlord these days. I think it's, it's always an used for you, ability. It's like, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's really hard to come up with decision trees in Dota because it's just instinct. Yeah, I agree. Pagasis, who's in chat now, says, just started playing Clockwork with the changes to Spirit Vessel. Should this be my first major item? My build has been Tranquil's Wand, Bracer, Urn, Vessel, Ags. I don't know how I feel about the new vessel. I feel like it's probably better. but I, I think it seems pretty nuts, actually. But I, I haven't seen people playing, so, I mean... Dude, I see somebody playing Venomancer in a pub right now. That sounds pretty good. Venomancer it's AOE, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's AOE. 1200 so. AOE. Pretty nuts. I would say it's still one of those things where it's like, if you need to cancel out their regen, probably get a vessel. If you don't need to cancel out their regen, you probably don't need to get a vessel right away. You know what, though? Maybe it... Maybe Vessel actually is an every game item, because when you think about it... It's just like an anti-aura, anti basically, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, it's, was, it's never been an aura. No. But now, it's got this, uh, it's like, it's like an anti-Vlads, almost. Like, it's 20% reduction in regen, right? It's like, yeah, that's, that's nuts. Like, even if they don't have a bunch of regen heroes... Still, in one fight, that might cause somebody to take, like, effectively... Somebody has, like, seven... Let's say everybody has seven HP or ten HP regen at, like, 30 minutes into the game. You take a fight that lasts, like, 30 seconds. Ten times 30, 300 times five. That is uh, 1,500 damage that you've effectively done or prevented them from healing in a yeah. single team fight without pressing Vessel on somebody, even included. Yeah. 
And no. a lot of heroes will end the game with like 30, 40,000 hero damage in like a long game. And you just did 1,500 in a single 30-second fight. And I think that's not including the fact that carries will have way more regen than that. Yeah. Like that does, sounds way better. It that does sounds seem like insane. an overall buff to the item. And, and the uh, when you do vessel somebody, it's only like 10% less regen reduction than it was before. Yeah. Because you have the, the 20% aura plus the 35% that you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a nuts. That's a nuts item for sure. Okay, Pogasis. Also, I'm going to change my replay review to a clock game. What is the best way to notify you? Just DM. That's fine. Or you can, uh, yeah, just DM, I would say. I would, because, uh, I have like a list of all the replays that we need to go through yeah. for next week. So if you could DM me, that'd be super, super cool. Uh, Alduine, or at the time, if we bring up your replay and it's just not the right one, just yell at us and we'll fix it. Uh, Alduine says, I had a game where I played Jugger and was just split pushing all game, uh, drawing two to three heroes to me, then dipping out. My team constantly TP towards me to fight around me, giving up all map control. We had, instead of killing uh, hero other heroes that are alone in the game, what should I do here? I can tell you. Uh, you should not be TPing to Fountain. You should be TPing to like wherever your team is then. And, uh, and or wherever your team map. just left. Yeah, flip the map. Yeah. Like, if your whole team comes to you, that's fine. You just play on the other side, away from them. That's a very common like carry tactic that you see these days. I'm glad you asked that question because I have like the direct answer for you because I've been watching this a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, I don't TP to found, I TP to other lane. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Well, you can you can just stay in that lane and just flip the map. Like basically all I'm saying is play on the other side of the map. It doesn't really matter. Like if you TP to found, you walk to the other side of the map. If you TP somewhere else and your team comes and plays around you, then you need to like move somewhere else or go siege a tower or do something like that. Like make some strategic move, basically. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Is it ever worth analyzing my own Smurf replays or submitting them for replay review? I mean, if they're not uh if they're not wins, yes, that's that's fine. Anybody um you know losing anything is is gonna have a lot of good stuff in it, I think. Uh, okay. Uh, also, cheers for the session the other day, Donnie. I guess that's my zero to one seconds uh, you mentioned earlier. What does that mean? Zero ones? What's that referencing, Donnie? Uh, I can't see the text, so I don't. Zero dash one S you mentioned earlier. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it, Donnie. I don't know. I... What are the best starting items to buy? This is 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 that really how far down is that question? Anyway, yeah, just flip the map. That's all I would say. Watch how like Hector. Watch how like Hector plays. Twelve heroes with a shitty win rate. Oh, you were talking about the the shitty win uh, rate. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The real Jade says this is a general question about mentality that all carries have, or all carries loose in their head, or is their ego just way too high to give a shit about what their support has to say? I had so many games this week where my carries were taking random fights and there was no vision. And then got flamed for not having vision at the enemy's triangle. Oh my god, I've been getting that on Smurfs too. Not that I'm the support, but I've been having people say like, "Oh, we need vision here," and it's just like, "How the hell do you expect your support to get over there without like?" That is definitely a thing. People have these ridiculous expectations of supports, where it's like they want them to do impossible things just so they can blame them for when they lose because they suck. 
also per the new change, X being gold, is it better now to pick supports like Shadow Shaman considering carries now have less of an impact early on? Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you want to know my hypothesis, you should just pick a hero that can snowball and carry the game no matter what position you're in. God, that's so funny. I was playing with uh, my, my brother-in-law's in chat. I was playing with him, and somebody was telling him it's a ward, the enemy triangle, and it's like, what the fuck? How <laughs> do you expect that person to get over there? You A level, f like, 5 Shadow Shaman when everybody's level 10 just waddling their way over through the river into the most dangerous area of the enemy map? Oh, my God. Nuts. Uh, Vin Scepter says, shout out my boy Rage for leaving Herald. Oh, yeah, let's give him a... Give him a round. Are there clap emotes? Let's see. Surely there are. Oh yeah. That's a that's close enough. I just typed clap. That works too. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie's a boomer. He doesn't know how to do emotes. JK, dude, relax. You did wash hands, you fucking boomer. Hey, that that's looks, not even the clap. That one. looks like clapping. That's wash hands, son. There's also a clapping one, which Vinceptor did later on. Is there? Is yeah, there? Yeah. How dare there. you fucking flame me when you're not even using the correct emote? At the very least, my Dude, words describe what we were trying to do. Those look the same. And also, if you're washing your hands, you're clapping, but just with like soap in your hands. That's how I do it. I just put the soap on my hands and just clap like that. Get it all over my body. All right. As a safe lane, do you have any suggestions for what heroes to pick or just how to play when you see that your mid lane is going to pick some stupid shit like Dusa or Drow Ranger and who will need a lot of farm? Yeah, Ursa uh, is good. Basically, any int hero is a good safe laner, like some Queen of Pain or Death Prophet if you're, or, or, or Necro if you're sick, Razor. I would say Ursa, Weaver, those are your your boys right now let me go to my let me go to my carry hero tier list ursa weaver uh ricky can fight a little later than those heroes but void spirit oh gyro of course gyrocopter it's gyro ursa those are your picks right now gyro ursa that's it if you need an up-tempo carry yeah i think those are like the two best ones right now or ricky picking. yeah ricky is like ricky's really good but ricky's like you can sometimes feel useless running around trying to fight before defusal Sometimes it's sick, sometimes it can feel useless. Whereas like Gyro, Ursa, so easy. Right. So easy. Um, okay, let's see. Second question. You guys often suggest to hero spam, but so and so far it's been working for me. I was wondering at what point you should start trying to expand your hero pool. What's your goal? Do you want to gain MMR? <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's like when whatever you want to start uh whenever you want to start learning more heroes, whenever you're bored of the hero and you're okay with losing some MMR to to learn something differently. Like that's the thing is you're gonna you're gonna take a hit in MMR for doing that, but eventually you'll like spam that hero and then get good at it. So when it, just whenever you're comfortable with basically dipping and then going up again, and uh, you have to repeat the process of of dipping and going up and dipping and plateauing and whatever. It's got to happen at some point because you can't just spam one hero. It's going to fall off. It's going to get nerfed at a certain point. It's not going to work in a certain bracket. So you have to do it eventually. It's just a matter of like when you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Before we get into the next question, I just want to say shout out to Brad Chattergoon. I've been seeing you in our YouTube chat for probably close to a year now in Alchemy Answer streams. So salute to you, my friend. Thanks for tuning in on a regular basis. That pinned. 
pinned his message. Should give him a give him a quick uh, give him a quick round of uh, washing hands there, boys. Let's try and use the correct one. Let's just uh, type clap in chat. That's uh yeah that oh no well okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rage says, in what cases do you think it's worth buying a Bassy out of base now that it's been nerfed? Do you think that it's worth getting as a four, especially if you aren't building Vlads or Veil later? Uh, if not, what do you think would work better? Second question, any tips on not dying while warding? I use, uh, I use smoke, but sometimes I get murdered. Also, how do I get my other supports to stop stealing the wards and placing them on my side of the map? Re- uh, also, shout out to you boys for giving me the inspiration and info to get out of Herald. Hey, congratulations. We already gave you the clap, though, so not, no I can't more. give you that again. You have the antibodies. Uh, let's see. What do they nerf about Bassi? Uh, it's a, more expensive. Okay. Everything's more expensive, though, so I mean, does that really matter? Uh, when is it worth buying Bassi? If you want to spam spells, that's it. If you want to spam spells, like, yep. and, and, and you don't care that much about regen, HP regen. Like, there are some cases where you just don't plan on getting hit at all. So what's the point in getting HP regen? If you're just trying to stand out of range and let your other guy get hit, or they just have shitty harass and you just want to spam spells, that's what I would say. Bassy's probably still fine. Yeah. But I don't know. I got to see what people are doing. Uh, how, do I, how do you get your supports to stop stealing the wards and placing them on my side of the map? Shift buy them as them. soon as they come. Yeah, put them, in your, put them in your quick buy, and then it'll give you the noise when you can buy it. There you go. Slorkel, would a hero like Necro, who wants to slowly whittle you down, want this new vessel? That does sound pretty good. Necro, in theory, is countered by just out-regening his health, uh, lost aura, in my opinion. I guess the thing with Necro is he's so concerned with like staying alive that I feel like getting a vessel can sometimes uh, be questionable and not keeping yourself alive. But Death Prophet, I would say the same thing about, and she gets vessels. So, But she does have this like damage over time of... Like, more burst damage ability and like the spirit siphon and the nuke so vessel is a little different from her but no that sounds decent that sounds decent but i would be careful with it that no comment no. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's see crave says i still haven't made a mortal in the last two weeks even though i almost always had percentages and i feel like my mindset has let me down a bit and in my head, I am getting anxiety whenever I queue because what if I lose? Hey, we talked about that. It feels like wasted time to me whenever I lose because I'm this close to my goal and yet I haven't reached it in the past two weeks. It really, you know what I'm realizing? Somebody could write something really stupid in here and I would seriously read it. Like I'm, <laughs> I am autopiloting right now. <laughs> I am so, I'm so bad at reading text. I don't even know what's being said. I have to think about it afterwards and I just read it. I just trust people to not say like, I'm Jenkins. I'm a giant retard. Like, uh, okay, it really starts to get into my head, and I also think that's where because I thought what he what Cray was going to do was slowly transition to this into a question that I asked, and then make me say something stupid because that sounds close to what I was saying, right? Remember when Star submitted one of your replays? Yeah, it's like the same thing, just right. to, to kind of fuck with us. Like somebody could do that, hundred percent. Hey, do that next week, guys. <laughs> fuck with me. That, that'll be fun. Uh, also, pubs have been incredibly painful. Since I was either dual queuing with a friend or five man queuing with either immortal friends, where games either felt really imbalanced and therefore unreliable to climb with, we had three immortals, two divines, max rank 3k, and the enemy team was all immortal, and three rank 1 to 1.5k, for instance. Or we're queuing with non immortal friends, and we get smurfed on a lot. What's a good mindset I could adopt in these kinds of games? 
Uh, and what do you think is the better way of getting over the final step to immortal? Okay, once again, we talked about this already in great detail, but the consensus, what Donnie and I came up with is basically number doesn't matter, being immortal doesn't matter, focus on having the highest impact possible in that game. That is your that is it whether you win or lose. Is was your impact good? You should be anxious about it if your impact fucking sucks. But if you're impacting a game and you lose, who cares? Because eventually you'll get to the MMR you deserve. And if you're not impacting games and you're winning, eventually you're going to fall in an MMR. So what's the point in winning if you're not going to be at that skill? Yeah. Skill your skill will will make the MMR go up or down. So that's all you should care about is how how skilled you are at the game. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if you want like a very uh, long conversation of this, you can scroll back in the video and we talked about it for quite some time. Yeah, I think that like probably one thing that is kind of interesting to to think about is that there's probably like two different camps of players at every single bracket. Like if let's say let's look at divine bracket, for example, there's a lot of people in divine who are ancient players that are trying really hard every game and getting better and spamming heroes. And then there's a lot of immortal players that are tilting, that are not giving a fuck, that are playing random shit, that haven't played in a while, that are not employing the stuff that got them to Immortal, and they're also in Divine. So you've got like the people that are on the come up, and you've got the people that are just falling and stagnating. And so it is really weird, and I think that's one of the reasons why you get super un- imbalanced games sometimes, because sometimes you literally just get an Immortal player in your Divine game, or your uh, like a, an Ancient player in your Archon game, and they just happen to average out to be an Archon player, but in that one game, they're playing their best hero, they're trying really hard, they have good mentality, and so they're actually playing like 2,000 MMR higher than their average MMR happens to be. And sometimes you get like a whole team of those people against you, and you're just like, how the fuck was this game even made? My team is literally potatoes, and the other team seems like they're all Smurfs. But in reality those people that seem like they're Smurfs probably suck ass like 80% of the time. And they just happen to be playing well in this one game. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of true effectively Yeah, that they are like kind of Smurfing in that particular game. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Sandman says I was 2k last week, but after starting to spam Rubik, I've lost a lot of MMR. I'm trying to play Rubik for a hundred games. As you guys have suggested to concentrate on other things rather than the hero but as I have said, I've been losing a lot of MMR. I was good without spamming a hero, and I was claiming slow but climbing uh, slow but steady. Do you guys think I should keep spamming until I reach the goal and see what happens, or stop with this and go back to what I was doing? Well, if you're spamming a hero, it feels really bad. I've definitely given up on it before and just decided yep. the hero is like not my playstyle. That's okay. Yep. But you can also kind of get a feeling when you just suck at something when you see other people like owning with it and the win rate is really high. Yep. So that just depends on what you think. If you think that you suck at it and that it's not your playstyle, stop. But spam something else. I'm not saying go back to what you're doing. You can spam something else that you're good at that you really enjoy playing. Um, but if you, you know, if you if you feel like uh, you just suck at it, then yeah, keep playing for sure. It just depends on what you think. Yeah, I I really do feel like even if you are terrible at a hero, you will figure out whether it's fun even in bad games. Like, cause you'll have like one or two moments where you do something correctly, even in a game where you're like playing really poorly but if a hero is definitely just not fitting your play style your personality how you think about the game it'll just feel bad it, like it won't yeah. be fun it definitely won't like feel like you have impact it won't feel like you 
enjoy any part of the game and oftentimes even if you win you probably won't have fun on that hero this is true this is true moo moo meadows or feed says love your content homies thank you thank you sir have gained over 300 mmr in the past month thanks to y'all oh that's cool this is good stuff i like this question so far Uh, (laughs) i've been getting nervous about losing because i've been on such a hot streak recently you and me both uh, any tips for powering through this anxiety? Oh my God, so much, re- so much relatable uh, <laughs> stuff in this. In this, uh, what's it called? Alchemy answers. Bonus question: Any uh, initial theory craft on my boy Rexar in the new patch? The nerves to the build-up items into Vlad's Dom and the pipe cost seem to be concerning. Was pipe increased again? Mm-hmm. Are you serious, dog? Twelve hundred? Excuse me. Wow. That's bad. Yeah. They're like, stop buying this item. <laughs> Christ. Pipe sucks. I mean, it doesn't, Pipe... it doesn't actually suck. It's it still very sucks, good. Man. It's still no, very that's good. That's shit. Yeah, fuck Pipe, man. Get bracers instead. God. Garbage. Uh, let's see. Uh, anxiety. Powering through the anxiety. Well, we, we already talked about it in great detail, yeah. I would say. Refer to the first half hour of this podcast. Probably. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we happen to cover that topic. Sparky23 says, so with patch seven... Oh, any... Okay, thoughts on Rexar. I think Beastmaster's probably still good. Mm-hmm. What are they... They nerf anything about him? I don't think so. No, nothing. No nerfs. No nerfs. Fits the play style. Yeah, he's definitely fine. He's definitely fine. Dude, Luna's attack animation was improved. Wow. An actual buff. What? That's nuts. So I haven't really read through the patch. I've just been yeah, doing we, streams. We got to do our notes after this stream. Uh, Sloracle says, I've been winning on DP4. Okay, sorry. Sparky23. I missed the question. Uh, Sparky23 says, so with uh, patch 7.26a out now, with the changes to Vessel and Scotty, is position 1 Necro going to look viable again? I don't have the foresight to which heroes are going to be strong in this patch. I just think Necro, when I saw the changes to Vessel and Scotty. I mean, for the same reason, wouldn't Necro suck? Because those items prevent him from regening. Other people yes. get them. So that's kind of weird. Feel. Yeah, That's a weird one. Uh, we have to, we're going to record that video after this and then probably post it tonight. So yeah. it's... Yeah, it's 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 a rough it's a rough one. I'm I'm not sure. I, I really need to I really need to see pubs. But I feel like the patch is gonna be pretty much the same as how seven point two six was. Just lots of fighting. Lots of fighting. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these items will fall off and new items will come in. Like I think Vessel's insanely strong, for example. So we'll see that a lot more. Yeah. But uh Hard to say. I don't think Necro's very good, though. Uh, or Necro's okay. Necro's definitely okay. So, Storkle says, I've been winning on DP4. Felt kind of decent. Have you seen anyone do this? Yes. Is there much merit to it? Yes, it's good. Mm-hmm. How would you attempt to build it? If so, Vessel, Yules, Lotus Orb, BKB, things to keep you alive, Medallion, things to keep you alive that also help your team, Pipes, yada yada, that sort of stuff is pretty cool. Uh, not agonims on position four, I would say, unless yeah. it's like a fourth or fifth item. It's basically you're just you're just like an aura offlaner as a pause four, uh, similar to let's Sounds see, about right let's, to me. 
what's another pause for that's like similar to that it's like more traditional um like a tanky kind of medallion building pause for let me see uh snapfire kind of similar to snapfire like greaves would probably be pretty good yeah atos is whatever these kind of like general utility items marana marana is a very good one like she goes vessel shitty yep. maranas go agonim scepter and that sort of bullshit but right yeah uh it's good though it's really good i think of other fours that sort of play like that there aren't a lot well yeah she's weird because she's like a spell casting four but she doesn't build into like ether lens and blink and that sort of shit oh enigma enigma's a good one yeah mm, you're very yeah yeah you're basically enigma you're basically enigma without the uh denying db4 is great though that's like uh one of the top tier fours sparky 23 says is position one more of a tournament thing uh bristleback more of a tournament thing nope it's great in pubs is it actually valuable i've been trying it out and winning with it but it felt like i was more winning because my opponents don't play well where the hero doesn't feel like a true position one i must be doing something wrong though when i play a farm game and when should i try to or sorry when do i play a farm game and when should i run at the other team with the hero I honestly feel like you play the farm game because he farms so quickly, no matter what, for at least a few minutes, and then you run at them with a lead every time. I, I don't think you run at them from level one unless it's like you have some coddle on your team. I think that hero's broken. I think Bristle's like S-tier hero. I think you can pick it mid, offlane, carry, and it's broken. And you just pull waves to stacks, do that for like a few minutes, and then run at the enemy team, and they, can't, they just cannot kill you. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, like Timber. You're like an alchemist. I mean, alchemist mixed with timber yeah. you do it you basically play alchemist in the enemy jungle <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous i mean the thing about like timber saw is sure you probably can run at them with level one reactive armor but you could also just run at them and never die with level two reactive armor so yeah that's a good really good example actually might as well just wait a little bit yeah just chill just chill sand king same as sand king you know just just farm for a bit get a lead kill them yeah all about them power spikes Nugget says, uh, when... Oh, okay, never mind. Nugget was responding to a question. Uh, Rage says, Jenkins is beautiful and so is Donnie. You got to come after the end there. That's fine. That's uh, that's just... Uh, I just want to point that one out. Yeah, I'm just the second highest rated player here. Probably the second best content creator. In in uh, Dota, next to Speed. And then it's you, it's Speed, you, me, Henry... Bowie, and all the way down, you have like OG, No Tail, uh, Thompson, etc. Meepo, Elwono, those guys. Yeah, they're like they're like way D tier or lower, probably. Yeah, they're like they're like yeah, I don't know, probably if if you could go like negative in numbers. Yeah. React to speed. He's losing it. Can you imagine if we became like a React channel where we just watched like Gorks videos and reacted to them? That'd be cool, dude. I'd do that. <laughs> I would definitely do that. Gork's probably the only OG person that I don't fiend his videos because it's just it's just stream clips. Yeah. Not trying to shit on stream clips. I mean, I, I like streams, but if I'm going to YouTube, I'm I'm trying to see. I'm I realize we're streaming right now, which is ironic. But if I'm clicking on a video, I'm not trying to click on a stream. If I'm clicking on a stream, I'm trying to see a stream. True. It's just weird. It's weird to click on a video and get us and get us. Uh, stream clip you know yeah they sure. always they always title and thumbnail them like they're gonna be videos too it always debates me <laughs> it's like oh, i thought i was gonna get explained something by gork or or, or no tail or something right 
and then they just are stream clips. Yeah, we could definitely start a React channel. We could just react to like all of like the Russian YouTube channels that put like porn in their thumbnails and are just like literal R videos dubbed Dude, with Russian subtitles. That actually <laughs> sounds like a good video. That legitimately sounds like a good video. Looking at like the Russian Dota. We tried to learn from Russians. We tried to learn from SEA players. Dude, <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Am I crazy? That actually sounds pretty funny. It does. Yeah. And literally watch it in Russian and then try to interpret what they're what they're yes. doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, let's do it. Good idea, chat. Holy shit! <laughs> this we is, what, literally this do is that. why we pay you the big bucks, chat. Yes, exactly. We do, we do pay them, right? Send me your PayPal. <laughs> All five hundred of you. <laughs> I got you. You get like a cent each. That's, All right, that's, that's it. We're we're uh, we're done with the questions. Alduin says, when will we see Jenkins reacting to Game Leak videos every time speed uploads? Tomorrow. All right, that's it for the questions. All right, uh, we're going to cut it short right there, guys. <laughs> cut it short at an hour and 45 minutes in this Alchemy Answers. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, as always, to our patrons. Uh, once again, we are going to be doing our Patreon-exclusive stream in probably less than a week because we're getting close to the end of the month. So if you want to tune in to our exclusive Patreon stream, patreon.com slash DotaAlchemy, any tier will get the link in our Discord, and it's going to be you guys choosing me and Jenkins as heroes in our roles in games of Dota as we play together for your entertainment or ridicule, depending on what you pick us. Uh, we're going to sign off so that we can go do our patch notes reading. So look for that content also in a little bit. All right, see you guys later.